We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. We just wrapped up our own episode, but now we're turning things over to the fans. Now, I had asked you guys, hey, you know, what do you want to see this summer? What kind of content do you want to see? And a lot of you guys mentioned that you'd like me to bring fans onto the show. And I appreciate these trio of guys right here because they're the only group that figured out how to both get together and schedule a time. And obviously they showed up. So I appreciate that a lot. I can't wait to dive into these topics. Let's start with Nate. Nate, how are you doing, man? Not bad. I'm super excited and a little bit nervous to be here, but I'm happy happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Austin, how are you doing? Doing good so far. Just got done recording another one, as I told you guys. But yeah, I'm really excited to do this. So yeah. Awesome. Thanks for being here, man. And Victor, last but not least, how are you? Yeah, doing good. Nice, beautiful day. And thank you again for having us on. Of course. Anytime. I really appreciate you guys getting this together. It, you guys had to do a lot of work on the side just to get here and then i gave you guys some questions you did some background research and work so i really appreciate that let's get into it so the first question i had for you guys today was who's a player that we're overrating heading into the season and why and austin i'll start with you on this one no no i'm not saying that we hate this player we think this player sucks because yeah fans no love absolutely to not but who's this someone is, you think this is we're definitely not like me getting to like slander this person <laughs> but yeah. i think the first person that comes to my mind is Nazir Adderley. I think mm, okay. that I think that I've seen a lot of things that we're putting a lot of trust in him, and that kind of worries me because I feel like when you watch Nazir Adderley and you have Erwin not on the field, he mm. looks lost. Yeah, he looks kind of like he's just kind of out there, like the old Patrick Beverly quote. You know, he's just running around, <laughs> doing not doing much. But yeah. I feel like that's kind of like he scares me a little bit. He's mm-hmm. he's a great I think he's great in the box and I think he, you know, is a great hitter. I feel like those two are everyone should agree with that. But I think in coverage he still has a lot of work to work on and I think that um he scares me a little bit. So I'm not definitely not slandering him. I think he's I think he's gonna be just fine. And I think Brandon Staley being the new coach uh, definitely mm-hmm. helps with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope he takes another step forward this year. But mm-hmm. you know, Nate and Victor, you can respond to that, but also oh, yeah. like do you think Adderley, like this is Adderley's last year. Do you think JT Woods is the replacement, or do you think Nasir Adderley is one of the few guys that gets an extra contract from Tom Telesco? So, with one of the things, Nasir Adderley is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Anthony Lynn's guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And JT Woods is Brandon Staley's guy. And I think that's going to be one of the things that it comes down to 
like ex- with Jerry Tillery as well. Uh, that's not Brandon Staley's guy. Uh, he didn't draft him. So I think that that's one of the things and like people coming in like JT Woods, uh, Mark Webb, and I'm not saying those players are going to replace him. Also, you have Bryce Callahan, who also, if I'm not mistaken, worked with Brandon Staley in Denver. So those are Brandon Staley's guys. Nazir Adderley was just like kind of here when it happened. And I think um, if he doesn't take the next step, him and Jerry are gone. I think one of those players is definitely gone. Oh, yeah. We'll see about the, uh, the safety one. Um, to me, like I'm a big Nasir Adderley truther. Like I even have that written down in my notes. Like I love Nasir Adderley. <laughs> nice. um, it was one of my first years, like trying to scout and like understand the development mm. of players and all that. And it was crazy how his range and like his ball skills were so prevalent in college. And now he goes to the NFL and he's more of like a box guy, like you were saying. So mm. it's pretty interesting to see how that completely shifts, and mm. it makes you kind of change your thoughts on like how to scout players. But mm. I think, like, probably because I'm just a big fan of his game. I think that he has all the tools to become a really good safety next to Derwin. Like I remember when we drafted him, he's like the perfect safety to place next to Derwin, like the mm-hmm. free rangey safety. Yeah, absolutely. Derwin, it's like insane. And I hope that he has a great year this year. And we have a really good safety core with JT Woods playing as, as the third safety as well, because mm-hmm. we do like to play a lot of nickel, a lot of dimes. So hopefully with uh, Nasir Adley staying back on a cheap deal, would be awesome, but we'll see um, what the future holds. Yeah, I definitely feel the same thing. I feel like this year, Nasir Adderley is definitely like a prove-it year. Like, you know, he has to like really ball out if he wants to stay with the Chargers or get an extension. Because, yeah, drafting JT Woods, I feel like Brandon Staley's just bringing in more competition into that safety room. And I feel like, yeah, again, if Nasir Adderley has another mediocre year, like he could be the odd man out. And JT Woods comes right in, play right next to Derwin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they prioritize, you know, creating turnovers on defense and Adderley was so close to so many, but just couldn't quite get them. And I guess at the end of the day, if you aren't getting that production. You might yeah, be exactly like the uh, intercept, the interception he should have had against Terry McLaurin. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was like what that, that play just keeps playing in my head. And it's like, <laughs> I want, obviously I want Nas to be good. I think he was great at sure. like Delaware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, he's one of the like really good, like project players that Tom Telesco was brought in. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he could be great. But it's just like, this is like you said, like a prove it year. Yep, I think other than that, he'll be just fine. Okay. Uh, Nate or Victor, either of you can go. Who's a player we're overrating heading into the season? All right. So I'll go. Um, to me, is JC Jackson. Um, kind of like ah, Steve, okay. where I'm like very, uh, I want to pump the brakes on him a little bit. Yeah. So I did a couple, I just want to see some stats. Like, I love the idea of him coming in to get more turnovers and get Justin Herbert the ball more. Mm-hmm. At the same time, since 2010, the, the interception season leader averages 4.4 less interceptions in the previous season. So, and these are like, I think this is about like 20 players because some of there are ties and stuff, but sure. um, this is not counting for missed games and 2021 because there's obviously not the season yet. Sure. But um, JC's never led the league in interceptions per se, but if mm-hmm. as a certified ball hawk, he should be compared to the best. And yeah. um, his, his ability to get the hands on the ball, I hope will continue, but it's just not sustainable, especially with 4.4 less per year. Mm. And then if you want to follow other Patriots defenders like Malcolm Butler, he had a good stint with the Patriots. He uh, made, failed to make a Pro Bowl afterwards mm-hmm. and as well say as like a mainstay starter for the Titans. And then you want to look at another position. You can look at Trey Flowers after being traded from the Evil Empire. He struggled to stay healthy. So it's it's hard. It's it's hard to see the continuance yeah. of like ability from JC. 
Yeah, I know Arjun talks about, you know, interceptions, turnovers really not being a staple metric. It somehow kind of has been for JC Jackson. But like you mentioned, now he's out of a particular system. There's just this kind of weird feeling and vibe around Patriots players when they leave. Where it's kind mm-hmm. of the opposite for the Chargers. Like when a player leaves the Chargers, they oh, do yeah. really well. The Patriots, when they leave, it's kind of like, I don't know if they can do well. So that's interesting. Uh, something I, I had noticed with college players, and I was looking at JT Woods, I think the 10 or 12 leading college interception leaders over I think like the last two or three years of those guys, they had a combined 40 interceptions, but their first year in the NFL, it was like eight combined. No, that, that's that's college to pro. JC's just going from pro to pro. Um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting player to bring up for sure. Victor, what do you think about that? And then who is your most overrated player or player we're overrating? Yeah, so just to bounce off Nate, I think for JC Jackson, it's definitely going to be uh, a year where we really see if he's like legit or not. Because Staley, um, back when he used to run the Rams defense, he used to love leaving uh, Ramsey on an island, right? And let everybody else play make or like help uh, have the safeties come help other cornerbacks and stuff. And I'm assuming, I would think, that's what uh, Staley's plan is for J.C. Jackson being the best corner in the group. So, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the main focal points for J.C. Jackson to focus on. And then uh, one of the players I feel like we're overrating this season, uh, I've seen a couple tweets. I think uh, Trey Pipkins, like, locking down the right <laughs> tackle spot. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people, like, not hyping him up, but saying, like, oh, yeah, he's going to be the right tackle. Like, he's been developed. And, like, I don't know. That's just based off, like, two games he started last season. I mean, mm-hmm. only – like I found the stat, only a hundred, and he played 173 offensive snaps last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't allow a sack, allowed no pressures, and only had one penalty. But I mean, the se- that's a small sample size because the season before that, in 2020, on 571 offensive snaps, he allowed five sacks, committed four penalties, and mm-hmm. had multiple pressures allowed, as like all Charger fans know. So yeah, I'm yeah. just, not, I'm not too like locked in on our right tackle position. I, people think I don't know. I've been seeing. Like oh Trey Pipkins like I th- they think he's developed not I'm not I'm not too sold on him yet. Yeah, I've seen like a bunch of people like just get really hyped about Trey Pipkins just because he's like working out with Slater I believe, <laughs> and just like that that I don't know let let's slow down on that one. Yeah, yeah I I not sold on anyone at right tackle. Yeah, I mean it's very possible that he wins right tackle job mm-hmm. like I guess that's part of the hype, but. I definitely do struggle with the fandom sometimes when it comes to Pipkins because they're like, well, you know, have faith in Trey Pipkins. But to me, it's like I can have faith or I can buy anything as long as there's a reason for me to really buy into it. Or even just like a stat that kind of you know makes me feel better about something. And Pipkins, yeah, he had those two starts. But, you know, Stevens talked about the film and how much he had to be helped during those games, which is fine. Like they might have to do that this, again this year, too, and it, maybe it works out. But. I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly worried about it. I know it's not like a completely solidified position yet. There's still some things they could do, but yeah, it, it's we are kind of overrating Pipkins. Um, yeah. But I, I'd love to be surprised. I have yeah, a question. another thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, my you bad. Go. My bad. Okay. So, so, oh, you got Mark over here. You got it. You got it. Okay. So, I was back to piggy off back of. Um, Trey Pipkins. I think that a lot of what we're going to do as Isaiah Spiller is a great pass blocker. Mm. Um, and I think maybe what we, we could do is like what we were talking about, just helping him out is that uh, Isaiah Spiller is going to give him a great, just like second push. Mm. And I think if he's going to face like a really good edge rusher, I mean, that's, that scares me anyways. Trey Pipkins <laughs> against a really good edge rusher, but yeah, like Isaiah Spiller is a great pass block. He was great at um, uh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. But yeah, he's going to give him a great chip. And I think that that's definitely going to help. But 
I also wonder if we're going to trade. Like, I've seen a lot of rumors for a trade for a right tackle, and I don't think that's going to happen. But just like a different, just different options there. It's it's definitely possible. I know Maddie, who does your Maddie's minute and talks about some short segment stuff, talked about Mackay Becton. I don't know mm-hmm. if the Chargers would do that at this point, but if he's expendable, I suppose it couldn't be worse as long as the medicals check out. So uh, no, what, I, uh, what I was going to ask is, what's the chance of Storm Norton beating Trey Pippins out? Oh my God! Jeez. Um, I mean, I don't even want to talk him. The chances of him beating out Trey Pipkins should be higher than his his odds of not beating him out. I don't know if it's fifty-one forty-nine. I don't know if it's sixty forty, but I do think because he started last year, because they basically showed us that they don't trust Pipkins at all, Mm -hmm. and then so that he had like a couple bad stretches as a jumbo tackle. Then they benched him. Yeah. So he wasn't even that anymore. I think they had like Senio Kelamete out there or something. Oh, let's go. Which, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I do think Norton has the edge right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I almost don't even care. Like, just <laughs> kick me in <laughs> the left point, yeah. the right shit. Just praying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What do you Another guys think? Another thing, too, is I've seen people talk about um, Filer, Sailor, mm-hmm. and um, Brandon I'm as like, moving positions yeah. and i don't know i've seen like filer to right tackle thing mm-hmm. and like sailor like playing guard yeah and, like what are you guys thoughts on that i would love it sure, I, yeah. to, to me i think you have if if zion is your right guard then i think of hymas and salier you should battle it out for left guard oh, with those guys and put filer at right tackle but i know there's a couple you know reasons why you know filer might not move to right tackle one of them including that he would like a pay bump if that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally reasonable though. Yeah, uh, like, I got twenty bucks. I mean, if it helps, I'll <laughs> know, I, in, but... I was like, I just got paid, so I don't know. I, I'll slip five dollars. I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah, that yeah. um, we need like a some sort of a mainstay at the left guard position to help Slater out. Like, not that he needs help, but you know the sure the experience yeah, is needed. And with Zion, it could also do the same thing you did for Slater. Uh, I can go to right tackle and then help him out that way. So that's another, mm-hmm. like, it's a, you know, give and a take. But with Storm Norton, I honestly think that other than the really bad games he had, he wasn't, like, that bad. But, you know, we ended off on, a, like, a very bitter taste in our mouth. So we're going to continue to, like, belittle him in a sense. But um, maybe I have a small, like, like piece in my heart for him because of my <laughs> hair. And, like, when I played last <laughs> year, like – all my coaches said, you're kind of built like Storm Norton, but just smaller. And I was like, that's kind of an insult, but I'll take like, it, yeah, you know? <laughs> like, I'll take that's it. It's kind of mean. <laughs> Odd comparison. Yeah. That's a very specific comparison. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Fans, yeah. Oh, that makes sense then. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the next topic. And that's what's one thing you'd like to see the Chargers do more of on offense? And like, how often really did they do that before? You know, why should they do that more? And then how can they do that? Let's start with um, Victor on this one. Yeah, so I was really, like, looking into this. I mean, obviously, I feel like we're going to be a passing offense definitely next season. But I, I really want to see more of the offense running passes out of two tight end sets. Hmm, and okay. uh, the Chargers ran this set uh, 26% of the time last season. So it was, like, a heavy amount, but only on 292 snaps. And I want to. I feel like I want to see more of that, especially with Gerald Everett also coming in, and then Donald Parham. You know, assuming he comes back healthy, which I I think he's expected to be. But um, yeah, I found some other like crazy stats. About forty percent of those snaps were pass plays that they ran out of the two tight sets. So sixty percent were run. So they didn't really, you know, pass out of that. 
And uh, the rate of success was actually 56%. So it was over, you know, 50%. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they also um, averaged 7.3 yards per attempt on those pass plays out of the tight end sets. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like running passes out of two tight end sets opens up different opportunities, obviously, for the run game one. But also, like, I feel like you could build a deep ball through there. And then I, you know, Donald Parham and Gerald Everett just getting an opportunity to, you know, ball out and then mike williams and keenan allen i feel i would really like to see something like that no that's a great call i didn't i didn't realize that they were so successful running out of those two tight end sets i know joe lombardi wants to do that but jared cook doesn't block like he did not block so having someone like gerald everett out there that that would be a great i would really love to see how they transition into that crazy enough that was like i was looking for something for this and that was like my first thing that i popped in my head but and i know what website he's using because i remember the exact stats he's using i just like (laughs) For some reason, my brain shut down. I was like in the middle of the night. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna find something else. But I like that so much. Like 12 personnel sounds great. We need more tight ends. Like we gotta involve Donald Parham more in the offense. That's like number one for me right now. Get the six eight guy the ball, and we're gonna be all right. But yeah, six eight runs. What I think it was four or five. Yeah, him and Anderson. I thought Anderson was just fine. Like too. I mean, it wasn't like spectacular, but like I thought like that. Those like the me three mean main tight ends we had were. I think they were solid. Mm-hmm. Jared Cook had his moments, obviously, where like it felt like his like controller died or like something. <laughs> it was like it was yeah, just, that's like, one way to put was, it like, for sure. Those yeah. those moments, like obviously, strayed us away from Jared Cook, and I think j- just Jared like Jared being there because of Lombardi, mm-hmm. like definitely was like a fit they wanted to make happen. Yeah, but, you know, I'm I have I have faith in Everett. He's got fumble issues, but. I think he'll fit our offense a little bit better. And Tyler, you brought up a great point that I like. Gerald Everett, you know, he could block, unlike mm-hmm. Jared Cook. I feel like that's that would be huge if they did, like, uh, run a little bit more out of the two tight end sets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope they do. All right, Nate, who's your? what's your thing you want them to do more of? Okay. So, I want them to run the ball more with Herbert. I know it's a little scary. Yeah, because, that's know, a good take- call. Taking hits is scary, but a hit can happen in the pocket. It can happen while he's throwing the ball, even handing off the ball on a read option or whatever. So to me, if as long as he's smart and we don't like keep calling Anthony Lynn style plays, we'll be all right with him running the ball. So um, he had 63 attempts for 302 yards and three touchdowns, converting 28 first downs. So that's nearly on half of his attempts he had a first down on. And uh, 4.8 yards per attempt would be idiotic to continue the lack of usage in this regard. He's a big, powerful runner like Josh Allen. Um, he actually has a better RAS score than Josh Allen and a better 40 time, which is crazy to think about. And because like Josh Allen's like, in my opinion, one of the best runners in the league, if not mm-hmm. the best quarterback for that. And uh, the way to fix this would be RPOs, read option, design QB runs, things like that. He only had one fumble last year. So the, the turnover rate is not that high as well. So yeah, I feel like that if we want to move the chains, having Herbert use his legs more would be great. Was the fumble the one where he threw it? 10 yards downfield against Washington. So I think awesome. so. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Love that yeah. one. Thanks, Russ. <laughs> yeah, I think Herbert, I think Herbert is very underrated as a runner. I think he's like, I think he's one of the better running quarterbacks. I mean, obviously you want to talk about Lamar, Kyler, Josh. I mean, even like Mahomes, I feel like you could even throw into there. I feel like designing more RPOs is like a really good, I, I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not? Him also being six six, and you know, imagine he's big. That's a big boy. Imagine being a defender, you just see a six six quarterback running full speed. Yeah, I'm good. 
I don't want that. <laughs> I'm good. And he got bigger. It looks like this offseason. He looks huge. Oh, yeah. He looks massive. He looks like, like I don't know if you guys saw that picture. Like him just standing next to some guy. He looks huge. Yeah, he looks. He looks. He looks like he sure. could play some downs for Jerry Tillery sometimes. <laughs> Maybe he should. <laughs> um, Austin, who's your? What's your? What's your? Okay, schematic so change. The first thing I thought of is obviously throw the ball down the field. I feel like everyone can say that, but I feel like one thing that we did this offseason is we are trying to establish our running back too. Um, as we saw last year, even Austin Eckler was like, can I get some help? Yeah. And Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson were not the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Jackson, I, I honestly thought was fine. He was fine yeah. as a running back. I, he just was unfortunately hurt all the time. And I think one thing too is that, you know, Joshua and Larry just, they're, they're, they're not the answer. And I think getting Isaiah Spiller, someone who's a power back, great in open space, can make cuts in the open space. I remember this one play against Missouri. He cut back in and then was just one-on-one with the safety and absolutely tore his ankles. And a power back shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Spiller is not going to take the top off the defense. I feel like that's not what he's here to do. And I feel like once we establish him as like also, again, running like two two back sets maybe, you know, because Austin finally won't have to carry the entire load. And then that could also lead us to stretch the field out more with Austin because Austin obviously is great with the ball in his hands, like throwing the ball to him. Great receiving back, maybe one of the best in the league. Um, and I think if we have Austin, or if we have Isaiah there, just like so Austin isn't so like kick, like the defense isn't just focusing on him. Because I feel like yeah. that was one of the issues was, you know, it was just Austin. There was no other threat. Um, and I think getting Isaiah Spiller was a great pickup. I think it was one of the better picks we had. And um, I think he's very dynamic, very explosive, and I'm very excited to watch him play. Yeah, me too. I, I wasn't sure when they would take a running back, but that's the earliest round that I would have taken one, and I'm I'm happy with who they took, honestly. And after watching him, I get I love that you guys all have a, a, a common thread that I, I kind of started noticing when they signed Gerald Everett, but you want more two tight end sets. You want you know Isaiah Spiller to get involved, and he will be, and you want Justin Herbert to run more. The Chargers... I, because I'm, I'm re-watching the games to get a sense of what Keenan on Mike Williams did throughout the year and grading their plays and whatnot. And watching the just the offense in general struggle with some, in some instances, it felt like there just was a, a lacking physicality to the offense. Like, not that Mike Williams isn't like, you know, can't be physical, Austin Eckler can't be physical, but there's like a, like a mean streak, a, a punch in the face that the Chargers just didn't really have. So you incorporate all those things that you guys talked about. It really feels like, you, you, you want that for their offense. I think the Chargers do too. I think the Chargers just want to be a more physical, mean, nasty team when it mm-hmm. counts to really close out those games and maybe punch back against someone like Baltimore, the Patriots, who really had their number. Yeah, and adding Sailor, uh, Zion, Gerald, and Isaiah was definitely one of those things where like, and obviously Khalil, I, I can't believe I forgot that, but you know that's one of the biggest like punchbacks, as you said, you know, big, mean, nasty people up front and like off the edge and just like in the backfield, especially because Isaiah is going to be a great compliment to Austin. Like you have very two, like not very different running backs, but two like mm-hmm. different styles, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that are going to like, you're going to have to watch that more. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I don't want to keep you guys here for like a full hour. So I'll go to the next topic, which is I kind of debate on the starters on defense. And I didn't really have, 
one particular you know duo in mind or you know one particular player in mind but there are some position battles up for grabs you know could be starting you know outside corner number two however you see it did one of you guys find a particular position battle on defense that you thought that was most interesting to you uh not exactly i made a tier list of all the defenders oh. like <laughs> like it's probably totally off but uh, i'll copy and paste it in the chat and then i can read off if you guys would like okay. um hopefully that copy and paste well enough probably not sweet mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, pretty much i was talking about like Thank God we have these players on our team, like Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, <laughs> JC Jackson. Like, if we did yeah. it, it's, the defense isn't really going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Then I'm happy that we have uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, Asante Samuel, and Adderley. Like I said, I'm a truther for Nasir mm-hmm. Adderley. Um, and then we have some positions we can upgrade, like Michael Davis, Austin Johnson, Drew Tranquil. And then for the last starters, we got our favorites, Kenneth Murray and Jerry Tillery. Um, I hope they're mainstays for this team. They're going to be great for us. So that's what I did, but if for position battles, Bryce Callahan, Michael Davis, mm-hmm. like nickel snaps, maybe. Yeah, that's the one I'm not that outside corner. I, I'm the only weirdo at this point who still thinks that Michael Davis is gonna start on the outs. Like I don't know why. I just I feel like Asante Samuel Jr. on the slot, Michael Davis on the outside. I feel like that's your best trio. They don't the Chargers don't feel that way so far. They have Asante Samuel Jr. on the outside, Bryce Callahan at slot, Michael Davis is C B four, so um, do any of you guys think Michael Davis is going to be the starter on the outside? I do. I think so. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, like you said, I feel like the coaching staff is already showing like what they're gonna do. Asante Samuel on the outside playing him, you know, already in uh, OTAs. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think he's gonna win that outside spot. And then I think I don't know if you move Michael Davis inside because obviously Bryce Callahan's gonna be there. But I don't know if Michael right. Davis could be the odd man out. I do think Michael Davis not having to be the one is really going to help. And adding JC and like Asante Samuel going into his second year and adding Bryce Callen is really going to take a lot of pressure off of him. So I feel like that could really help him. Um, I'm not, I, I honestly have, I, I couldn't give you an answer about who's going to start outside. <laughs> okay. I think it's really just going to be whoever, you know, just wins it in training camp. And, um, I do think that um, up front, I feel like it's pretty, you know, set in stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'm interested to see what Morgan Fox is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he's going to replace, you know, like all of Tillery's snaps and uh, what that's going to happen. Uh, I think Austin Johnson is a really underrated signing. I mm-hmm. think he was, he was, if I'm not mistaken, very good in the run stop. Yes, absolutely. Uh, area. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why we brought here is because, as we all know, the run defense was atrocious. And um, I feel like, you know, obviously the A-list players are going to take a lot of, you know, uh, weight off the other players. But I think our linebackers like Drew and K-9 kind of – I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. But obviously they have faith in them, so – We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Uh, Victor, who's winning defensive tackle, Morgan Fox or Jerry Tillery? I mean, I I did not like what I saw from Tillery last season. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he has – I feel like he's almost playing the wrong position. I don't think we should put him at D tackle. I feel like – I think they already tried it and it didn't really work out, but I feel like they should really try to focus this season, making him like outside D end because I feel like he has the build for that, not really like a run stopper. But, uh, yeah, if it was up to me, I'd put Morgan Fox over Jerry Tillery. Okay, interesting. All righty. 
Very, very interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'll believe Jerry Tillery is not the starter when I see it. I, I do see. I do still think it is him, um, but we'll see. I, I'd love to be surprised. Okay, we'll 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 finish with something a little bit easier here. I think maybe it's the most challenging thing. That's a record prediction. So, um, Austin, I'll start with you. What do you think the Chargers are going to do this year? And um, also, how have you guys handled the switch from? 16 games to 17 games because when it comes to record predictions i absolutely cannot remember that it should be like nine and eight or, or six and eleven or whatever no it's so i think it's so weird like like <laughs> thinking about it, I, I wrote i wrote down like 11 and 5 12 and 4 i was like that's wrong yeah and you know, i was like i had to like look back and all that stuff but i do think the chargers are gonna have a couple of, you know like moments those games where just like you should win just like last year was like one of the Broncos games, the first Broncos game, uh, the Vikings game, um, the last. <laughs> I, I still think we should have beat the Raiders, but um, at the last one. And then uh, obviously the Texans, biggest one. You right. know, those are four huge <laughs> losses. And like um, even the Cowboys early in the season, I still think we could have like won that game. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to have a couple of those moments, but I think for the most part, we're very much better where we are now than a year ago but so i'm gonna go 11 6 and 12 and 5 for this year well you gotta pick one i'm gonna hold it okay so if head. i had to pick if i had to pick one 12 and 5 i think i'll five. give us the benefit of the doubt i like it i like it victor what about you yeah so i feel like definitely our ceiling i feel like if like they ball out or whatever i honestly think it could be undefeated or like around 15 and 2 but that's a ceiling but realistically like yeah austin was saying I don't. I mean, it's the Chargers. We've all been fans for a while, and we know we have those games. So I think, uh, I think thirteen and four. So I'm gonna go one Ooh. more win. Above. Wow. Okay. Very. Yeah. I think we do well, but I definitely think we're gonna have like a game or two where we're just like, why did we lose that? <laughs> How? <laughs> yeah. That's that's that's. I can almost bet on that happening at some point. All right, Nate. Are you going uh, fourteen and three? No, I'm going 17. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm going 11 and six. I don't want my okay. heart broken, so I'm I'm trying to be like realistic on the lower yeah. side of it. So I think we're gonna drop one against each divisional opponent. We're gonna split Fair all enough. of them, and we're gonna lose against the 49ers. I just feel like they're gonna. Yeah. That's just a team that seems like a trap game. They're good, but they're not that good. Um, mm-hmm. The Rams, obviously, and Titans, the Colts, all of those teams are really mm-hmm. good, good run teams, and you know our run defense last year don't give you much hope this year, but hopefully with the improvement. It'll be a good test for us, especially down in December, and we're gonna be like at the Titans. Like that's that doesn't sound like fun for anybody, but um, I have us going eleven and six, and we can still make the playoffs. I mean, that's mm-hmm. once you're in the playoffs, it doesn't really matter what your record is. So, but that's really the thing: the Chargers make it, then who cares at that point? Like, just make it in. You might have to play one more game, but otherwise, I think that just that's the most important thing this year, and they need to. They have to make the playoffs, or someone's gonna get fired. All right, so we have 11 and 6, 12 and 5, 13 and 4. One of you guys hopefully is right. I like that the, the floor here is 11 and 6. I lied about that being the last thing, though. We do have one more thing, and that's just to figure out which one of you is a better fan or more paying attention fan. So a quick mini bit of Chargers trivia here. Um, just asking that who was the this or that for a particular year. Try not to cheat. Try not to Google this um yeah we'll, we'll see uh, i trust you guys <laughs> to do the right thing so who wants to go first and if you if you get I'll it go. wrong who's going first nate i'll go okay so if you get it wrong i'm going to remove you 
from the stream, but I'll add you back in at the end. This will be like uh, <laughs> around the horn. Okay, right. so you get to go first. You get this the easy one. Uh, who is the 2020 passing leader for the Chargers? Justin Herbert. Okay, that's easy. So you got the easy one. You got to go first. <laughs> Good for you. I was like, okay. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> almost got you, though. Um, Austin, who is the 2020 rushing leader? Uh, Eckler. Okay. Victor, who is the receiving leader? Mike Williams. Right? Bye. Oh, <laughs> damn. So, damn. That's my guy right there. Scared me. I was like, was Melvin Gordon on that team or not? That was, I, I answered for 2021, but I realized we're just talking about yeah. 2020. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't want to do it too soon, too. Okay. Uh, Victor, I'll bring you back in. Victor, can you hear us while you're, you're sitting out? Can you even hear us? Yeah, I think you can hear us. Okay, well, you're just hanging there for a bit. Okay, Nate, you're up next. Who was the 2020 tackles leader? 2020 tackles leader was... Ooh, hold on. Give me a second on this one. Um, it was <laughs> Kenneth Murray. Yeah, Kenneth Murray. That is correct. Okay. Uh, I, my keyboard's oh, loud. All right. That's oh all God. I'm saying. My keyboard's loud. Wow. That was a good one. That's a good one. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> my instinct would have been Derwin James for sure. That's what um, that would have gonna be mine too. Yeah. Okay. This is a bit more difficult. Um right, let's good. move to 2019 for a little bit more fun. Because I feel like I might eliminate right. you at the 2020 <laughs> intersect. All right. All right, so 2019, <laughs> who was the leading passer? Rivers. Yeah, it's easy. Nate, okay. who was the leading rusher like, wait, in what? 2019? <laughs> 2019 leading rusher was, I know it was really close between Eckler and Gordon. Um, I'm going to go with Melvin. Melvin Gordon. That's correct. Okay, oh, Austin, leading right. receiver in 2019. Oh, God. I feel like I'm making this way too much harder. <laughs> way harder than it is. Because I almost said I almost said Tyrell for a second. Um, was that the year that Keenan was hurt? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'll go Keenan. You are correct. You are making that Ooh, far too good. difficult for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was psyching myself out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next one. So if one of you gets the next one wrong, then the other person has to get it right to win. So here we go. Okay. Nate, who was the leading interceptions player for the Chargers in 2019? In 2019, that was the year where Darwin was hurt, and then. We get picks that year. I don't think so. Like we haven't had a good interception team in a while. I'm no. gonna go with. Um, okay, Nasir wasn't there. Was a rookie. I'm gonna go with Casey Hayward. Bye. Oh, so Austin has to get this one right. He's got to get this one right here. Here we okay. go. All right. Who was their leading um, tackler in 2019? Oh no. <laughs> that that was the year that Derwin was hurt. Um oh no. K9 was hurt. Or he wasn't he wasn't there, if I'm mistaken. Um God. I'm gonna go. 
Oh, I'm really tempted to go. Uh, I'm not going to go Boza. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of pressure right here. I'm going to go. Right um, oh my god! Five, four. Uh, let's go. Just Boza. Three. Why not? Nope. Oh nope. my goodness! I got to bring everybody back for this All one. Right. <laughs> I know it. I know it. <laughs> okay, we'll switch it up. Who was the leading interceptions leader in 2019? Somebody shout it. Anybody? Rashawn Jenkins. Michael Davis. What's the name? Okay. Rashawn Jenkins. Yeah, Michael Nate Davis. is right. It is Rashawn Jenkins. Oh, um, you're what? all. Yes, 2019. The leading interceptions guy oh, was Rashawn Jenkins with like three or something. <laughs> um, woohoo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for jumping on and, and doing this. You guys came really prepared. I really appreciate all your answers. I learned something just listening to you guys. You guys are awesome at this. Uh, for those that are listening and those who are watching, none of the four of us have met before. And that, not even just me meeting them. I mean, like these three guys who got this together have not met before. So they handled this really, really well. I'm super impressed. Um, Victor, I'll start with you, man. What are you up to these days? What's your life goals? You know, where can we find you on Twitter if you want to mention that? Yeah, so um, right now I'm in college. I'm um, I'm gonna become a sophomore this upcoming year. I go to Seton Hall University. I'm currently in uh, like studying journalism, broadcasting, so all sports and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's that's the dream. Just uh, do so. I want to do something in sports. You know what I mean? And uh, you can find me on Twitter. Well, my fan account is Victor G. Thirty-two twenty-four, but my uh, professional account, I guess you could call it, is uh, Victor Gons G O N Z twenty-four. Sounds good, Nate. What are your life goals, man? What are you up to these days? What's your favorite color, or whatever? What's your social security <laughs> number? Uh, no, okay. So I got my first job. I've been working 30, 40 hours a week. AMC theaters, you know, new minis right being came out. Uh, a lot of kids are spilling their popcorn. It's great, but Sweet. um. <laughs> I've been working there, and then I'm going to my freshman year of Chafee College for sports journalism. I'm going to focus on that and see where that takes me. The dream is to be some sort of journalist or anything in football, honestly. Like, I'll be cool scouting anything. I know that's a lot of time, but um, my favorite color is green. Thank you for asking. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited for this season. Yeah, well, the correct answer was blue and gold. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Austin, man, what's up with you? What are you doing? What are you up to? Where can we find you on social media? Um, I have my Twitter handle right there. Um, but um, I am going to be a sophomore, just going to a little community college here near Kansas City. Um, and then hopefully the goal is to go to KU. Uh, college basketball is my first love. So obviously KU, I live right next to it. It's, it's, a, it's a match made in heaven for me. So um, my family always been huge into sports. I mean, my family works in sports, so I feel like mm. I, I love it more than anything. I uh, would love to go. I'm going to go into sports journalism, broadcasting, uh, marketing even. I would love to work for like the Chargers Social. I feel mm. like they're the best in the world. They are. So why would you not want to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, my favorite color is blue or purple. Very nice. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining me. People that are listening and watching, go follow them on social media. Go follow them on Twitter. Um, I don't know when I'll ever have you guys back on, but you guys did an awesome job, and I would love to have you guys back on.
headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.